Welcome back, Schmodown fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and this is episode 20 of Talkin' Schmodown. Can't believe we have made it 20 episodes in, and this is a great episode. I will be discussing all of the events that took place at the incredible Houston live event from the Booker T World Arena. It was such a great show. So much insanity took place. So uh, I think we should just uh, get right into it because it is going to be a hell of a time talking about. And so for, without further ado, let's get ready to talk Schmodown. Alright everybody, welcome back. It is episode 20. This is crazy. 2-0. 20 episodes. We are still going strong. Loving doing this. It has been a great a great uh, thing for me to do to be able to just talk about my thoughts on the movie trivia showdown and uh, for you guys to listen. So this has been great. And uh, keep uh, keep on going. Let's, let's do this. So there really wasn't too much news that actually took place throughout this past week. Um, there, there was a big Twitter battle that took place between Kevin Smets, uh, Janine the Machine, and Mike Kalinowski. Uh, some good stuff going on there. If you guys don't follow them, uh, I, I highly suggest getting on Twitter and following, uh, all your favorite Schmodown, uh, competitors. You can also check out, like, a rundown of what happened, uh, during this Twitter, uh, feud, on TriviaSD.com, they uh, someone put out an article, kind of breaking it all down, putting in tweets, and it kind of went past uh, this article as well. It continued on past the writing of this, so definitely check that stuff out. It was a good read, uh, as is most of the stuff on TriviaSD.com. And actually checking out the Twitter posts, it, it was it was fun. It was a nice deep dive to get into. The other big thing that uh, dropped uh, for in, in the world of the news, I guess you could say, is the entire June schedule has uh, been posted. It is up, again, on TriviaSD.com. You can check it out under the uh, Schedule tab. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of do a quick rundown of what we're going to see uh, next month in June. So uh, June 3rd through 6th, uh, I guess you say, because it all depends on how it all gets uh, released. Uh, whether it's Patreon or uh, via the YouTube channel. Uh, so I'm just going to go with uh, the first day. So June 3rd, The Family versus Inky and the Brain. June 7th, David Del Rio versus Liz Shannon Miller. June 10th, Adam Lovick versus Eric Zipper in an uh, in intergeekdom match. June 14th, Paulo Yama versus Chance Ellison. So we're finally going to see uh, that showdown. June 17th is an inner geekdom fatal four-way with Chance, obviously, as we had seen. um, uh, Emma Fife made sure to put him in this match. The rest of the competitors at this time are uh, TBD. Uh, Then June 21st, 
Uh, we have JTE versus Del Rio or Miller. So the winner of that June 7th match will go on to face JTE. There will also apparently be an undercard, which is currently TBD. Then uh, that Saturday, June 22nd, is the Schmodown Collision live stream. So make sure you check that out. Uh, the Collision will have uh, Mike Kalinowski versus Kevin Smets in an Intergeekdom match. This uh, crazy grudge match is finally going to come to a head here. And we will see who of those two will be making it to San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, so June 24th will be part one of the collision, which will be the Mike Kalinowski versus Kevin Smets match. They will be uh, showing that one first. And then um, on June 28th, they'll be doing uh, Collision Part 2, which is all TBD. There's uh, a main event and an undercard. Both matches are currently TBD. And they announced the June uh, exhibition match, which will uh, air on June 29th. And that will be the Star Trek exhibition match uh, between Jason Inman, Ethan Irwin, Whitney Seibold, and Kevin Smets. So that should be a good one. Uh, they also revealed this month's uh, exhibition match, which is Harry Potter, which will go up in a couple of days from now. So be sure to check that out. Uh, I plan on doing a, uh, a Patreon-only uh, breakdown for that one. So I will, you know, I'll do it just like I do with the, uh, all the other shows. Um, but I will be sending that one to Emma to get, uh, put up just for the patrons. So if you are not a patron and you want to listen to the breakdown of, uh, that Harry Potter match or any of the other exhibition matches that end up coming up, uh, be sure to join the Patreon. You can get on there $1 a month. And you can become a patron and uh, get all kinds of access to some great stuff. Alright, so let's get into it. We had an Inside Schmodown live from Houston. It was really cool. Uh, you know, Ken in the ring doing his thing, man. He he just looks so natural in that ring. Uh, you know, he, he's a wrestler. He, he's in the business. So it, it, it makes sense that he would. But it's just he looked at home there. So it was really cool to see. Uh, this was our first look at the Booker T World Gym Arena and the ring that they'll be in. So that was really cool to see. Uh, I got to say, Ken, he is one of my favorite personalities. When he turns it on, man, he turns it on and it is awesome. So uh, I, I love Ken Knapsack. He, he's fantastic. And I'm so glad that they brought Inside Schmodown back. It's been such a treat to watch and kind of get the insight from all the, all the competitors and from Ken himself. So I'm really loving uh, watching Inside Schmodown. And if you're not watching it, do yourself a favor and check it out. They, he, he, they get some great interviews with people, and it's so entertaining. It's not that long, you know? On normal episodes, are like 10 to 15 minutes. So just bust one out real quick before you watch the Schmodown. I think you guys will love it. Uh, so his first guest out is Kevin Smets. Hits the ring. Uh, I'm not sure if his mic was on. Uh, at the time, because it didn't sound like it, and so when he like would, he started using Ken's mic, and you could tell that there was a notable, noticeable difference. So I wonder if they were having a little bit of audio issues uh, at the beginning there. So I'm kind of glad that they did uh, this kind of live. It had a, uh, almost like a trial for for the for the mics and everything, because uh, they were obviously able to get whatever the issue was fixed before the matches uh, started taking place. 
So Smuts goes on. He says that he's here to prove himself. And, and and that will happen when he makes it to San Diego to face Rachel. So he's making a bold claim saying he is going to beat Mike Kalinowski. He is going to KO KO. And you know what? I have a feeling that, uh, that he just might be right. You know, I've said this before and I've even tweeted it out to both Kevin and Mike that, you know, I've been a huge Mike Kalinowski supporter for a very long time. I love the guy. I loved his heel turn uh, and everything. I think it made his character infinitely better. Um, however, I really think that that Kevin Smets just might have his number this time around. Uh, I mean, if it doesn't happen, hey, it doesn't happen. But I just have this feeling that Kevin Smets will be facing Rachel Cushing at San Diego Comic-Con for the Intergeekdom title. It is going no, no matter what happens, it's going to be a hell of a match. Uh, so and th- that will happen at uh, the the Schmodown Collision on uh, June 22nd. I almost said Collider Collision, and which is funny because uh, Ken actually says Collider Collision a few times throughout the episode. Uh, he, I think like two or three different times throughout the episode he calls it the Collider Collision, which is what it used to be, and, you know. so I get it. Uh, and the alliteration kind of makes it sound better to say. But, uh, you know, that's not what it's called anymore, Ken. So you got to make sure it's the Schmodown Collision. Uh, so he says he's ready. He's confident that he'll he'll knock out uh, Kalinowski. But, of course, Ken, being a member of Corruption, he has to play that role. He says he does not think that Smets is ready for the spotlight. And that Kalinowski will definitely defeat him. So we'll see when June 22nd rolls around whether or not he can uh, secure his, his his title as the uh, great you know one of the greatest inner geekdom players of all time. Uh, if he can go on to win that title, man, he's definitely on his way to a uh, best rookie of the year uh, 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 an award. But I mean, this kid is he's doing something special. And if you haven't been watching his matches, do yourself a favor and get on there and check out Kevin Smets. He is phenomenal. Uh, Ken's next guest out was Frank Janish. They talk a bit about uh, the Founding Fathers versus Double Toasted match that's coming up, and uh, that uh, Double Toasted should not shouldn't be slapped on. You know, just because we you know we haven't seen them in a very long time, does not mean that uh, they are uh, schlumps in, in in movie trivia. So uh, he he says, don't sleep on these guys. And then they talk about uh, Drew and Ben. Uh, you know, who's the better player? According to Frank, Ben is the better player. Uh, he's the better, more consistent player uh, as well. So, you know, Drew's got a lot going for him. You know, he's got a lot of charisma. He's got, you know, and he does have a lot of talent. But, yeah, I, I think I agree. Ben, overall, is the be- the, the, mo- the more consistent, better player. Uh, you know, Drew, sometimes he, he gets lucky. And he he rides that wave, which hey man, you do what you got to do, and he is one of the best heels in the company. But you know the way that it's been described that Ben does you know studies and everything, I definitely think Ben is overall the better player. Uh, and you know he even goes on Frank even goes on to predict that Ben will win this match. So uh, we'll see uh, when we get there. Uh, the final guest for tonight was Emma Fife, and 
he thanks her for booking the uh, Smets Kalinowski match at Collision. Talks about uh, how she's forcing Chance to play in the inner geekdom, and you know what? I I, I understand he's playing the the corruption role, but hey, maybe Chance should. Uh, she, 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 you know, I, I think Chance just needs to be knocked down down a few pegs, you know? Uh, granted, I will be rooting for him when he faces off against Paul Oyama because I can't stand that guy. So, Chance, you'll actually have a, uh, a, a fan in me when that match rolls around. Uh, so, she goes on to predict uh, both matches. She predicts that the Founding Fathers will win their match. And she predict, predicts that Andrew Guy will win. Uh, and this kind of gave, you know, as I was watching, it kind of gave a little bit of credence to the rumor uh, that maybe it was Emma hugging and kissing Guy. Though, you know, I still believed it was definitely Roxy uh, there, but there was a lot of people kind of saying, oh, maybe it was Emma. You know, maybe he's got Emma in his pocket and all this stuff. And it gives a little bit of credence to that. So I'm sure uh, when that happened, I'm sure a lot of those uh, uh, Emma guy shippers were probably kind of going off about about that. And that brings us to the end of Inside Schmodown. It was a great show. Uh, definitely check it out. And now we are on to match number one, Founding Fathers. Versus Double Toasted. Uh, Brad Gilmore comes out to open up the show, introduces Mark and Christian, then joins them at the uh, table for commentary. I gotta say, I love seeing Brad out there. He is a natural when it comes to this stuff. And uh, it was really funny seeing him there, kind of in between but behind Christian and Mark. Uh, they they made this they made a joke like about how. Uh, they were like a, on a family road trip, and he was the little kid in the back who's really excited and gets up real close, and that's totally what he looked like, and he's a little bit shorter than the, than the, the two of them, so it was really funny to see, uh, but he's great on the mic, so anytime they want to have him at the table, uh, I, I'm definitely uh, in for that. So out first is uh, Martin and Corey from Double Toasted. Uh, Corey got into the ring, whips off his shirt, pretends like he's going to toss it into the crowd, and then he you know, puts it back on. It's really, You can really tell that uh, he is super into wrestling. Uh, not just the trivia, but the wrestling part, too, because he was really getting into it. Uh, then out next was Dan Merle and John Roca for the Founding Fathers. Uh, as Roca's going around the ring, Corey hops down and attacks him, you know, quote-unquote attacks him. Um, tries to take his hat. <clears throat> There's a real, a real wrestling vibe just to this opening, and I really dug that. But apparently, uh, Corey injured Roca at this point when he attacked him. Uh, he apparently smashed his leg into John's like, calf or something, and it like messed up his leg, and he had to go to uh, urgent care apparently after the show. Um, uh, to get it checked out because he really messed it up. Uh, so you got to be careful when you're doing stuff like this. He got a little overzealous, and uh, in in the ring, Roka gave him a receipt and gave him a little nut tap, and, and you can hear he says, he's like, oh, you, put, you hit me in the balls. Uh, yeah, so you got to be careful when it comes to this stuff. I understand he was, he was, he was excited, getting a little overzealous, but, you know, he injured Roca, you know, he, he 
actually injured the dude. So you gotta be you gotta be careful, man. You, you can't you can't just be doing that. All right, so we get into round one. Uh, this was a a real good match for the or a real good round for the founding fathers. Um, so we get down in uh, we get to question number five. Uh, I thought it was funny. Harloff read the answer wrong, thinking Dan didn't get it, but he actually did. Uh, so I thought that was kind of uh, entertaining. Everybody thought that nobody got it right, but Dan wound up getting it. Uh, then the follow the next question. Corey tried to pull a, uh, a Jane Fonda. He uh, he wrote down the answer, but you could could not read it. And even Rogue is like, I think this says Jane Fonda. It was really it was a real funny uh, moment for that match. I really dug it. Um, in the end, Dan winds up with a, a perfect round of eight questions. He does miss his bonus, but he got a perfect round, which was really good. Uh, Roca, you know, it didn't do great, but he did okay. He got five. Um, Martin also got five, but Corey really kind of crapped the bed here, only getting three total points, uh, ending round one 13-8 in favor of the Founding Fathers. That is a huge gap to have at the end of round one. Five points is not where you want to be. You do not want to be five points in the hole at the end of round one. It uh, it really it really kind of spells where this match is gonna go uh, in the end. Now, if they had a, a great second round, it'd be a different story. But uh, as we get into it, we will see uh, exactly what uh, happened here. And that brings us into round two. Now, this is the the round. Ah man, I this was a difficult round to watch, I, I have to say. So Founding Fathers defers, double toasted gets romance, respins, lands on westerns. Now, I don't know uh double toasted, I don't know Martin and Corey's strengths and weaknesses. Obviously they at least Corey at least uh wasn't comfortable with romance. And obviously, they're not great. They're not very good with uh, westerns. Um, out of their six total questions, they only managed to get one of them correct, and it was a, a one-point multiple choice. They went multiple choice on literally all six of their questions, getting just that one point. And founding fathers was able to steal. Four out of the five missed uh, questions. I'll be honest, I was shocked that Roca missed uh, one of the Western questions. But, you know, it does happen. Um, it's just, man, it, it was a shame to to see them to, to see them do this poorly. This this was a terrible round for Double Toast. And, you know, so that, that, you know... That's the game, unfortunately, for some people. Uh, it, it just kind of, that's the whole point of it. It's not just about knowledge. It's about, you know, the luck of the draw, the luck of the spin, how it all turns out when it comes to that wheel. That wheel can be your best friend. That wheel can be your worst enemy. And today, or I should say on th- that day, the wheel was Double Toasted's worst enemy because it, g- it gave them a category that they were not successful in at all. So it ended that portion of round two, 17-9 in favor of Founding Fathers. So they ended round one five points behind. 
And you would think, okay, they're going first. They'll get some points. They'll make up a little bit of that ground. Unfortunately, they lost ground and at this point are now eight points behind Founding Fathers, which is insane, uh, especially at this stage in the game with a team like Founding Fathers. They get Charlize, so they go up and spin, and they get Charlize their own, and they re-spin and get Spinner's Choice. And this is where you know it's like, oh man, it's over. There's no way. Uh, and they take uh, Stanley Kubrick. Dan seemed real confident in that. He did well with it before, and, uh, and, and so felt confident that he could do well with it again. And out of uh, the six possible questions that could have been asked, they only had to answer four. Uh, and got seven out of eight points there. And win the match, Founding Fathers win the match via a TK, or via a KO. They knocked out Double Toasted uh, before round two was even over. 24 to 9. This, man, this was rough. And they just, Double Toasted, they just took off. Uh, Corey just ju- hopped out of the ring and took off out the curtain, and Martin followed behind. Uh, and we never saw them again. Uh, they they never did an interview or anything. They just bolted out and left. Which I I guess I get it, but man, would have been at least nice to to hear some thoughts from them. Unfortunately, that's that didn't happen. Uh, so you know they're backstage. Uh, Dan and Roca doing their interview. Roca really gets heated when he's talking about corruption. Dan manages to calm him down. Uh, so I think it's a good uh, a good teaming. Uh, Dan's real cool headed, whereas John can sometimes be real hot headed. So it's I think I think they're actually a great team, and their knowledge base is fantastic. So they are a powerhouse team, and uh, I I can see them uh, getting the titles at some point uh, soon in the future, and. Uh, Dan even teases this. You know, he teases that title shot that he won at the free for all. You know, and then he keeps saying it. He still has it, but he really lays it on the the, the tease on that it'll be used for teams, um, especially because right now he's still the singles champ. He doesn't need it for that. You know, he's already defended it. Uh, so I really I could see it. You know, he says right now you don't know when the next title match is gonna be you know that he essentially he holds that power it could happen at any time you know whenever he wants it to happen it can happen so be on your toes for for uh you know when, when something like this might go down so I, I'm, I'm excited i think he's probably gonna wait a bit uh definitely i think he's gonna wait until after this uh, odd couple shire wolves match that's coming up uh you know you want to get that out of the way and not have to worry about uh, a quick, def- you know, uh, like a, a defense right away, uh, because most likely that's that's what would happen. You know, you would have to you'd have to probably do like a triple threat or something like that, uh, because of that thing being set up uh, or, or, or something like that. But I, I get it. You want to see what shakes out there, and then boom, make you know strike when you are ready. You don't want you don't want to you don't want to waste this. So I, I get that. I get that. Then we get into match two. Okay, so before we get into match two, I just want to say I, I I really love the feel and the energy that that had, you know was going on throughout the first match. Being in this ring, 
you know, they're, you know, they have the podiums, they're standing the whole time. It's a real, it gives a really different vibe than what we're used to. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Uh, I don't think it's something I would want necessarily all the time because then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as special. But seeing that, even if we could like once a year, like do, do an event at the, the Booker T World uh, Gym Arena, you know, just want like a special event once a year there, man, I think that would be something special. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, I hope that I hope that the Christian or, or at least some of the people from from Schmodown from that area, uh, you know, listen to this show and maybe they'll hear that. Hey, tell Christian, see if Booker T is willing to do that. I think that'd be fantastic. Brad Gilmore, talk to him. One, you know, once a year, every year, we get into that arena and, and you know settle some some business in, in there, and I think it could be I think it'd be fantastic. So uh, into match number two, the main event, the match that everybody was there to see, the Civil War, uh, you know, the uh, Brothers at Arms, Ben Bateman versus Andrew Guy, the destruction of team action right here in the middle of the ring in Houston, the Civil War is here. The stipulation for this one was if Ben wins, I, I guess he gets to pick Guy's next opponent. Though at the end of the match, they don't really talk too much about the stipulations. Um, but that was what the stipulation was supposed to be set at. And if he, if Ben loses, his singles career for the season is done. He does not get to compete in the um, tournament. So there was a lot riding on uh, this for Ben. A whole lot. You know, he really had a lot to lose here. Uh, if, if he lost this match. So out first comes Dastardly Drew Guy with none other than Booker T himself. You know, we saw before Booker T had his back. You know, he, 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 he you know picked him for the win and everything like that. And it's like, man, Booker, what are you doing? But we see a lot of stuff goes down here uh, during this match. So uh, everything's not quite as uh, as easy peasy for it. As guy may think. And then out second, Ben Bateman comes out. Tom Dagnino, like a little puppy, following behind him. But Booker T steps in, stops him, and kicks him out. Because he's not supposed to be there. That was the whole thing, is that Booker T said that this is his rules. There are not going to be any teammates, you know, any managers, any of that kind of stuff going on for this match. It's a one-on-one, straight-up fight. And, uh, you know, he held that when it came to uh, Tom Dagnino. So, you know, they get in the ring, they're, they're doing their thing, they're getting ready. Uh, and as they're getting ready, someone's music goes off, and then Robert Meyer Burnett just comes out, boom, Booker kind of steps up to him, you know, and then, you know, he see you see him talking to Andrew Guy, you know, guys in the ring, and Guy convinces Booker to let him through. And right there, you see, man... He's got Booker kind of wrapped. It's like, is this Booker's house or is this guy's house? And you can kind of see Booker's not totally happy with it, but he trusts Guy, you know, for now. So we get into round one, and Ben does exceptionally well. He only misses uh, one question here, uh, whereas... Uh, Drew misses like three, though 
I will have to say, question seven, Christian did screw Andrew Guy here. Uh, okay, so what happened is the you know the question was read, the you know counting down. Christian says one guy says repeat the question, something that has happened throughout Schmodown history. You know they say one, they ask for the repeat right at that last second because you can do that. Christian says nope, nope. I already said pens down, and he never said pens down. I went I had to rewind it and I went back and listened to it again cuz guy was claiming that he said it at 2, which that is that is not true. He guy did not say it at 2. He said it at 1. But if you listen back, which I'm going to play a little audio clip of it. If you listen back, Christian says one guy asks for the repeat and is denied that repeat even though Christian never said pens down. So it is, I'll be honest, it may not have affected the result of the match, but it was a bullshit call from Christian. He screwed Andrew Guy over here in, in this in this round in this question. He did not say pens down first. And he should guy should have gotten that repeat. It was complete and utter bullshit that it happened. Listen to the clip right here. Five. Four. Three, is he still Batman? Two. No. no. One. Repeat the question. No, we, that's it. Pens down. And no, then we go to Ben. Oh, wait, it's not repeated? The sum of all fears. Down. I said pens down. I said it at two. I said pens down. You, can't, you, can't you, you said it at two? All right, whatever. Fine. Down. You didn't have it? Okay, so sum of all fears was correct. Sum of all fears. Did you, you did not have it? No. Okay. I said repeat, down. dude. I said it at two. It's, all right. It's, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this with you again. All right? You in live events with me, it's, it's ridiculous. You see? Right there. It says, one, ask for the repeat, no pens down. Bullshit. Uh, I, I'm calling Christian out on this. I don't know if anybody on the internet has done it yet, but I'm calling Christian out on this. You need to make amends for that. It is bullshit. At least apologize, dude. Admit you did it, did something wrong. Admit that you were not right, that you did not say pens down first, and that guy should have gotten his repeat. Again, it wouldn't have affected the result of the match. But if you're gonna if you if you're gonna run a clean league, then run a clean league. Don't just sit there and 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 and, and treat certain competitors differently because you may not like her, because they may annoy you and things like that. I don't I don't give a shit if he's the biggest fucking heel in this in, in this league. You treat him the same as the rest of them. This whole thing was was bullshit and should never have happened. Should never have been a controversy. If anybody else had, if you had said one, and any other fucking competitor had said uh, repeat the question, you'd have never given him any problem. But because it was guy, it really seems like you're just annoyed at him because he was milking it to the last second, even though so many other competitors do that. So I really think you need to get on and apologize for that. Make it right. Sorry, I'm going to uh, end that that little rant there, but I'm I'm pretty heated about it. So hopefully I'm not the only one out there. I mean, like I said, I played that clip so you can hear it for yourself. So there it is. 
So it ends up, uh, round one, we end 7-5 to five in favor of Ben Bateman. Like I said, you know, if he had gotten that repeat and was maybe able to get that question, it would have been 7-6. to six. It still wouldn't have, like I said, it wouldn't have really altered the end of the match, but it was a principle of the thing. You know, so, anyways, uh, before the round two started, the Odd Couple music went off. We're like, what's going on? The Odd Couple, are, are, are they coming out? What, what's happening here? And then, of course, Roxy comes out. You know, talks to Booker, and, and, you know, and she tells Booker, you know, she's here for Ben. You know, she's here for Ben. And he lets her through, you know, thinking, okay, well, you know, Burnett came out. You know what? I'm just going to let her through. You know, she's here to support support Ben. That, you know what? I'm going to let this happen. So he lets her through. She goes up to the ring. She's talking to Ben. She's like telling him, you know, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. You know, he kind of kind of bends down to kind of talk to her. And then she just reaches up and flips him the double bird. It's like, bam! I was, I'll be honest. I was hoping he would bend down to really get close and talk to her. And she was just going to smack him one more time across the face. I think that would have been better. Maybe Ben didn't want to get slapped again. Eh, but I, I really think that would have been a, a better uh, situation for, for, for that. But, you know, right there you see... She lied to Booker, you know, and Booker's not happy about that. So now Guy has two people out there in his corner. He's got Burnett. He's got Roxy, you know, and and Ben's got no one out there. So, so we go into round two. Ben defers and Drew uh, ends up spinning movie release dates. He's like, nah, I'm not doing that. And re-spins and lands on opponent's choice. And of course, Ben gives him movie release dates i mean it's the smartest play first off guy didn't want that category so you know obviously he's not strong in it second off ben is extremely strong in it so any misses he's probably going to get and as we see uh in this round when, when you look back on this on this event you know, you have Double Toasted, who only got one question out of uh, you know their entire round two correct. But at least they got one question correct. Whereas right here, Andrew Guy got absolutely nothing correct during his round. Uh, he missed all four of his questions. Uh, he even went to multiple choice on two of them. And Ben was able to steal all four questions for a total of six points. Ending this portion of the round uh, 13 to 5. So Ben or yeah, so Ben is up eight points at the end of Guy's portion of uh, round two. He still Ben still has a spin to go. Well, but before he's able to do that, some music goes off. Which I didn't recognize. It sounded familiar, but I I, I didn't actually recognize. Uh, who maybe it was the founding or the uh, the the Five Horsemen music. I'm not honestly sure. I'd have to go back and, and re-listen to their actual music because, like, I feel like you don't hear the actual Five Horsemen music very often. Uh, whereas you hear like individual themes or like the Founding Father theme, things like that. But Dagnino comes out. Then Mark Riley, then Dan Merle, and John Roca. They all come out. Uh, Booker, you know, he, he stops 
he has a little bit of a, a back and forth with Tom Dagnino and decides, you know what, screw it, I'm letting him in. And I think a lot of this is because he's pissed. He's, you know, Booker's pissed that he was lied to. He was manipulated by Guy, lied to by Roxy. And so he's like, you know what? This is my house, and I'm taking it back. So he let he let the guys through so that they could have uh, Ben's back. And I guess, you know, this whole thing, this the way they were doing, you know, having people, the entrance music come out in the middle, and, and they come out to the ring, It's it, it truly encompassed the feel of a wrestling match, and I loved it. And this is why I really want them to go come back, like on a yearly basis. I think it would be magical. Uh, you know, you don't want to do it too much, like I said, but I think once a year would be perfect. So Ben, uh, you know, Ben spins and ends up on Spinner's Choice. The crowd erupts. You know, it's fantastic, and Ben does something that no one in the history of the Schmodown has ever done. And he says he's going to re-spin. So he re-spins. Never happened before. You know, you get a spinner's choice, you, you choose your category. But he's like, you know what? I am going to re-spin. You know, make it more fair for Andrew Guy. And lands once again on Spinner's Choice. Andrew Guy at this point is livid. He accuses Christian of fixing the match. You know, he got opponent's choice, and now Ben gets spinner's choice twice on this electronic wheel that nobody seems to like, not even Christian. You know, so as the character goes, it really fits the character of Dastardly Drew Guy. 100%. However... I'm not the biggest fan. Like, and I also understand that that guy is probably legitimately pissed because he's eight points behind. He had the worst fucking round two that he's probably ever had, not getting a single question right. He's pissed. I get it. And now Ben lands on Spinner's Choice again? And he even, like, contemplates, you know, uh, uh, spinning again. Christian says, you know what? Even though it's technically against the rules, I you know if you want to spin again, you know I'll make an exception. I'll let it happen. Guys, like he ain't having none of it. He's like, no, that's against the rules, and you will pick your category. He is so you can tell he's legitimately heated here uh, with the way everything's just been going down. But the thing that I don't like is when competitors con- uh, accuse Christian of f- fixing the match because that is a thing that that uh, audience members, that, that people who are just, just spectators do that. People on the internet. They they accuse Christian of rigging these matches, and it's bullshit because he doesn't rig these fucking matches. But when a competitor goes out and says it like that, it, it, it just it, it fuels that fire. And it's really, I think it's something that just should never be said. Um, I, I understand, and like I said, it totally fits his character to say that, especially after the events that took place right here. So I totally get it, and the fact that he is heated, I get it. You know, so like you had the controversy in round one with you know Christian uh, screwing him over with that repeat. Then you have the uh, opponent's choice 
uh, spin and him not getting any of his questions right. And then you have a double uh, uh, spinner's choice spin. You know, so it, it just built up. And he, you can tell he's 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 pissed. So, you know, Ben says fine, whatever. And uh, he takes Oscar movies. And Ben hits his first three. Boom, boom, boom. Two points apiece. And that's all it took. Dur- during uh, question number two, guy, he just, actually, he just takes out his phone, just starts taking selfies of himself with the crowd and everything. It was actually really funny. But, you know, Ben didn't even have to finish off his round two. You know, he, like I said, he answered his first three for two points apiece. And Ben Bateman wins via KO. Another knockout. Both matches during this event won in round two via knockout. That is insane. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen at an event where the two matches end essentially the same way. Round two knockout. Bam. It's it's in, it's insane. I, it was it was wild to see. I I couldn't believe it, but it it happening really made this match or this event something special. It made it really like the whole wrestling vibe really sunk in. When you had two knockouts, it's insane. But I loved it. So, you know, Guy, he's pissed. You see, at one point, you see uh, Robert Meyer Burnett hands Guy a chair. And chair Guy just charges at Ben and tries to attack him with this chair. But is stopped by none other than Booker T. Because he is not happy with what has been going on with Guy. And the lying and the deception and the manipulation and everything like that. So, you know, he shoves off, he shoves a guy, a guy tries to powder out, tries to get out of the ring, and uh, Roka grabs him, and uh, during this, you see Booker T hand the chair over to Ben. So, Roka's got guy, kind of brings him forward, and Ben, he's got the chair, and he just gives him, bam, a chair jab right to the stomach, doubles over, and then, bam, chair shot to the back. Classic wrestling move. And I gotta say, I think it was a perfect kind of wrap up to everything that's happened between them. You know, you've got you know all the stuff that guy's been doing ever since the split, and then you, you know you had to tackle through the table. So I think this was perfect, perfect way to end this feud. Uh, I don't, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So you know, guys on the ground, he's out. And all, you know, you got the the horseman, you got Dagnino, you got Ben, they're all in the ring. Ben holds up the five with all the others. And it looks like he is the new member of the five horsemen. And you, they, they talk about this a bit during the uh, exit interview. And he is now the newest member of the horsemen. You've got Dan Murrow, John Rocha. Mark Riley and now Ben Bateman, uh, and you got Dagnino there. He's him and Roca. They shake hands. You know, it's like looks like Dagnino's actually taking a face turn, which is really fascinating to me. I think he can pull it off because um, he's got the charisma. I think to do either, and so it's fascinating to me to see this. Uh, Roca says, you know, we'll we'll have you on a trial basis. So he's kind of like a. Like almost like like an honorary member, I guess you could say. I don't know if if he'll be the actual member, but there are five of them right now. If if that's the case, there are five. And at one point during it, you know, he does hold up the five. So I mean, maybe this is our five horsemen. Bam! 
So you know, Merle Roca, Riley Ben, Dagnino, the you know the founding fathers. Who's the boss? The five horsemen, right there. I, you know what? I think that's pretty damn good. And theoretically, they could just make uh, uh, Dagnino like the outside manager, uh, like you know the, the the four horsemen from from WWF. They had an outside manager, so it, you could do that. You could absolutely do that and, and bring in a fifth member if they ever chose to, but they don't have to. So I think that's that's really cool. This was definitely the night of the Horsemen. You know, you had Founding Fathers KOing Double Toasted, and now the newest member Ben Bateman KOing Andrew Guy. Uh, you know, putting a seal on that part of his of his uh, past, getting. You know, as they like to say, taking out the trash, and uh, I, I don't know. I it was oh man, I can't get over how just amazing this event was, and it wasn't even like one of their big sh- big events. It wasn't like you know the spectacular, or the collision, or the free for all, or any of that. It was just a show. It was a live show. You know, yeah, it was a live show at a wrestling ring and everything like that. But man, honestly, at this point. This was probably the best event that they have done yet uh, in, in the six seasons that they've had. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't say any more good things about it. Really, it's, it was such a such an amazing show that uh, I, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. So Andrew's in the back with Robert and Roxy. Jen comes in to do the interview, and you can tell guy is pissed. You know he's hurt. He's emotional, you know. It's I, I get it. He he's not happy. None of them are happy, but it is what it is. Um, you know, guy still has a future. He can still, you know, he's still got a future in this in this game. You know, he's got he's got his faction, the family. Um, he can still do some single stuff. I'm interested if he'll be able to get himself into the tournament. We'll see uh, when that comes around. But I don't know. It's not. It's it's not. Time's not up yet for Andrew Guy, so we'll we'll see much more of him, I'm sure. Then we get this really cool post scene. You got Roca and Merle, they're just kind of walking around, they're walking around the ring talking. Uh, they get in the ring, they're kind of you know, just doing their thing, and they say, you know what? We're gonna do three rounds of trivia. Just you and me. No one else is here. Just three rounds of trivia. Just them. And they go at each other, and it freeze frames, just like uh, it's it's that classic Rocky freeze frame uh, with him and, and, and Apollo. It, that was that was really cool. I, I thought that was that was really cool. Um, it didn't really like it wasn't any sort of real setup for anything. It was just something fun. They were in a ring, and, and something that apparently uh, PJ Campbell, I guess, came up with the idea for that. So you know, bravo, man. That that was real fun. That was a cool way to end this already amazing uh, uh, event. So, bravo. Bravo, guys. Such a great event. So, that wraps up everything for the Houston show. Uh, let me know what you guys thought of it. It was such a great show. Uh, I, I, what was your favorite match? What was your favorite moment during the event? Let me know. Hop on to Twitter uh, at MovieBlogMerk. And uh, use the hashtag Talkin' Schmodown. That's T-A-L-K-I-N Schmodown. No G in there. So use that hashtag at Merc with a movie blog and let me know your thoughts. Uh, 
Uh, on next week's show, we will I will be breaking down uh, the Brendan Meyer versus Video Drew match, which is uh, up right now on Patreon and will be up tomorrow on the YouTube channel. Also, the Shire Wolves versus Odd Couple Tag Team title match, the long-awaited match. The one that we've been waiting for, man. I, I am so excited, and I'm so torn uh, as to who I want to win the titles here. And I'll also be breaking down the episode, the newest episode of Inside Schmodown with special guest Rachel Cushing from the uh, the Shire Wolves. That's also available right now on uh, the Movie Trivia Schmodown YouTube channel, so please check that out. Uh, this Friday, we'll also uh, see the release of the Harry Potter exhibition match, which, as I said, I will be uh, covering in a separate uh, uh, podcast, and I will be sending it off to Emma to hopefully have posted on uh, Patreon. So be sure to check that out. Um, we have a couple of big dates coming up. I already went through... The schedule for June, which included uh, the June 22nd Schmodown Collision. Uh, But we also have July 20th will be the San Diego Comic-Con show with Rachel Cushing versus uh, the winner of Smets and Kalinowski, which is what we'll see at the Schmodown Collision uh, for the Inner Geekdom title. And then uh, they are going back to New York, this time Manhattan, on August 31st. Get your tickets now while you can. Uh, make sure that you are at that event. It's going to be a good one. Uh, so, yeah, that wraps up everything for this week on Talking Schmodown. Like I said, be sure to hit me up on social media. You can follow me at uh, Facebook and to our, uh, YouTube at Merc with a Movie Blog. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. I am most active over on the Twitter page, so be sure to check that out. Leave me any comments you'd like, hashtag Talking Schmodown. And be sure to check out my uh, the other show that I produce on here, and that is After Live. It is the unofficial Collider Live after show. have some great hosts over there, Mike, Wade, and uh, we have been uh, uh, auditioning some female uh, co-hosts, so be sure to check out. If you're a big fan of Collider Live, check out after live over on uh, the Merc with Movie blog uh, page as well. Uh, we are on all the major uh, podcast platforms now, not just SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, but also Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. So make sure to check out whichever way you listen. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps us out. Really appreciate everything that uh, you guys have been doing. Please leave your comments. I love to read them. I love to see what you guys think of the show, of the schmodown, of everything. So once again, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and we have been talking schmodown. <laughs>